Hello and happy Father's Day. One of my roles here is working with our children. And so I know that you as fathers, your role is so important. So I want to thank you for spending time with them, for being part of their lives. It is important and it's vital. So thank you. I want to start off with a funny story. So our staff, our, our ministry staff, Michael, Andy, Joey, and myself were sitting around a table planning out this whole Ephesians series. So imagine a full whiteboard, and we have dates, and we have scripture to the side of it, and now we have to fill it in with who's going to do what week. So I sit back for a moment, and I just let the guys do their thing. They were very excited. They had specific ones they wanted, and we came down to about three of them, and Michael looks over at me and he says, Derry, I want you to just sit in this for a moment, okay? Look at them, sit in it. But before I could sit in it, this one had a vacation. This one wasn't going to be here. So guess what Daria ended up with? Father's Day. And I ended up with the verses that have to do with children's and children and fathers. So as funny as that is, I remember saying to Michael in that moment, give me whatever week and verses you want. I know God is going to use it. And he did. And here we are. But you all know how much I love relationships. So let's get it started. The book of Ephesians is all about maintaining the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. But how is that possible with these relationships where there is an imbalance of power? These are the hardest relationships to navigate, especially if you have seen or even experienced an abuse of power yourselves. It is hard to not let those taint your mind or even bring you back to those situations where you were hurt. The theme of this passage we are looking at this morning is how to maintain sustainable and healthy relationships as someone who is in authority over someone else and how you maintain relationships as someone who is under authority. Let's start by reading Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well. That it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. There is a difference between two important words here, honor and respect. Now honor means to hold someone up in high regard or esteem. This is not something automatically given, but something a person chooses to give. This is another way of submitting, as we saw last week in chapter 5, verse 21. It is, it is possible to honor someone even when you don't feel they deserve respect. Now let me go over some examples of honoring. Listening to and obeying someone's wishes. If someone asks you to do something, do it. Or even when someone is sick or passes away, honoring what their medical wishes and will says. 
giving someone praise or an award for doing something good. We are in a season right now of graduations. These kids have persevered through a very tough year. They're receiving awards for going above and beyond and working so hard. We see it in sports and extracurricular activities where they get medals and trophies. Be understanding. You might not understand what a person is going through or how they are feeling, but by being understanding to those emotions, you are honoring them. Finding common ground. Knowing you are, are different than the other person or have different beliefs, you intentionally go after what you do have in common. I am not going to get into a conversation with someone who is talking about sports when I love shopping and shoes. I will find a common ground and we will go after that common ground. Helping others. Seeing a need and offering to assist. Not seeing a need and thinking so-and-so is going to take care of it. So-and-so will do it. Now let's move to respect. Respect means that you accept somebody for who they are, even when they're different from you or you have different opinions from them. Respect in our relationships builds feelings of trust, safety, and well-being. Respect doesn't always come naturally. It is something you learn. Now, here are some examples of respect. Sharing expectations. Both parties coming together to share their expectations so that respect can be attained, not just given. Listening and being present. Can we put our phones away or not look at a clock when we're with someone? Truly listening and being all there with someone, that is respect. Being considerate and thoughtful to other people's feelings. Affirm their feelings and show sympathy even when you don't understand. Respect the fact that they feel the way they do for a reason. Be polite. You do not have to agree with someone on everything that they believe, but you do need to still be polite about it. Not forcing your views on them or treating them badly because you disagree. How about at kids' sporting events when you're sitting on the sidelines? Are you screaming at the kids, the coaches, or the refs because you don't like what they're doing? Show politeness. Respecting other people's boundaries. Physically, in relationships, people's time. Do you ask someone for a few minutes and end up taking up an hour of their time? Do you walk into a coworker's office and sit down knowing they have a million things they need to accomplish? Now, what does it look like to obey and honor your parents? It is not just saying yes to the things they ask you to do, although they really do love when you do that. It means showing respect, listening, and honoring them. For some of, this, for some of you, this comes very naturally. For others, it's extremely hard. If you are blessed with amazing parents, tell them, honor them, and show them that you appreciate them, not just today, but every day. 
It is easier to honor them when you feel safe, secure, respected, and taken care of. It's easy to honor and respect a parent on Mother's Day and Father's Day. But what about all the other days of the year? For younger kids and teens, respecting and honoring them could look like putting your phones away and all your technology and sitting down with your family for a meal. It could be doing chores the first time you're asked instead of after the sixth time you're asked. It could mean simply thanking them for all that they do for you. Again, this might come naturally and very easy for some. And for others, it is harder if your relationship isn't where you hoped it would be. But this is where Jesus comes in. Where there is an imbalance in relationships, we look to him for being able to extend that honor and respect factor to others. For those struggling today with a relationship with a parent, I see you. For those of you who have had these verses used against you in a way of abuse and manipulation, I see you. It is very challenging to put yourselves out there, um, out there alone to honor and respect when you feel such hurt and abuse. These verses might even be a trigger for you. And for that, I am truly sorry because I understand. My relationship with my father has been strained for most of my childhood and then non-existent for 16 and a half years. It wasn't until recently that God opened a door for that relationship to be rebuilt. After years of hurt, honoring and respecting does not come easily. I started wanting to look backwards into the past of all the reasons why I shouldn't have a relationship with him or show defense in conversations when things were brought up. But it was in a conversation with my father that I realized we will get nowhere if we look backwards. If I wanted the door to stay open, if I wanted to heal, if I wanted to show honor and respect, going backwards would do nothing. I literally said those words to him as we were on the phone as well. Nothing will change if we look back. I am honoring and respecting him by allowing the door to stay open. The open door remains, and for some of you, you are praying for that opportunity for a restored relationship as well. Jesus can do that. Thought of honoring and respecting someone that has hurt you is difficult, I know. If you are praying for a particular relationship with a parent or both, don't stop. And know that by praying, you are already honoring and showing them respect. You are already doing what these verses are asking you to do. Do I know exactly what honoring and respecting a man I haven't spoke to in over 16 years looks like? Not exactly. But I do know that God is the one that opened that door, and he is the one that asked me to walk through it. At this moment, honoring him is simply texting a couple times a month, asking how he's doing, sharing a little bit about my life. It's listening on a phone call with whatever it is he wants to talk about. And it's very surface level, and that is okay. And if it stays that way, that is okay as well. If I focus on what God has called me to do in these verses, that is all I can be responsible for. 
When we honor and respect others, we are not responsible for their reactions to it. We often look at these verses and we think of little kids with their adult parents. But what about elderly parents with adult children? It still says to honor and respect them. Sometimes respecting and honoring them means caring for them. There comes a point where the roles shift and the child or children take on that parent role. That doesn't mean honoring and respecting goes away. It means we listen to their needs, their wants, and we help where we can. As parents get older, that could mean they're able to do less. Their freedoms are being taken away. As adults honoring them, it requires still showing up and caring. Sometimes all these relationships need is time together. If your parents aren't here anymore, honoring them is sharing their stories, how they impacted your life. Now let's continue to the next part that many don't tend to read because they just like to stick with the obey and honor factor as the most important part. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Our actions and relationships matter. As parents, we can't expect our kids to blindly obey, respect, and honor, or even uphold these commands. When we treat them horribly, we judge them, we put them down, or demean them over and over. Parents, if you are provoking your children to anger, how are they to even know what love, honor, obeying, and respecting means? Parents, you can't throw these first three verses in your children's face and not read the rest of it. In order for this relationship and relationships to be healthy, all of it has to be read and obeyed. If you do the opposite, you will end up pushing them away. Now, what do I mean by exasperate? Do not exasperate your children. Don't force them into something such as sports or an activity they're not passionate about because you're living vicariously through them. Don't force your will on your children over God's voice. It means pushing your comfort and your will for your children aside for God's to be done in their life. Do not exasperate your children when you try to fit them in your box of what you think they should be like or who they should be as people. When children read verse 4, they might think it means you not giving them rules or restrictions or anything else that will stop them from doing what they want to do. But that is not what the scripture says. A parent's role is to guide and train their children, always pointing them to Jesus. Christian fathers, this verse states you need to have an active role in your children's spiritual walk. It doesn't mean the mothers aren't strong leaders in their children's lives, but it is saying that the father's role is vital. For children honoring parents, obeying, yes, the first time that you're asked, it's holding them in higher esteem and regard. How do you do that when you have a parent or parents who don't make that easy to do? It's not being argumentative or defensive. It's not having the last word. It's not answering back 
even though it's, very e- it's a very easy thing to do and you might have moral high ground to stand on to do it. It's restraining yourself in what you feel your entitlements are for the sake of honoring your parents, showing them respect, knowing that they have been placed in your life by God and that by honoring them, you're honoring him. Parents, are you encouraging, lifting up, cheering on, and praying for your children regardless of their age? Parents, we have to know the ways of the Lord in order to teach our children. We cannot live a life that is do as I say, not as I do. We all know that never works out well. How many times does power and authority get in the way of our relationships? The off-balance is what causes the hurt and divide. Taking your eye off of him and sacrificing the spirit of unity is where we get in trouble. Last week, we heard Pastor Michael share about submission, another word that makes people cringe. But if you listen to his message, you heard him ask, what would a radically different way of approaching your relationships look like? What if it was different from the world or what e- or different from what the other person thinks? What would happen if we just changed the way we looked at it? Now let's continue with verses five through nine. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is a slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is not favoritism with him. When we look at these verses, it is very hard for us to grasp the concept of slave and masters. In a job situation, what would you do if you were faced with an ultimatum? Do this this thing that God says is clearly wrong, or be fired or demoted? Would you do what is asked because you didn't want to disappoint your boss or fear being fired? Or would you listen to God? I had a boss that embodied everything I did not want to be or follow. This person hardly worked their hours, would constantly point out people's faults in meetings and in front of others, would do anything to make themselves look better even if it meant throwing other employees under the bus. They never encouraged, lifted up, or pushed their employees to grow or be free to use the gifts God has given them. I really began to ask myself in this situation if I was supposed to stay in this job, and I asked God the same. I wrestled with it a lot, and he gave me answers, different than I thought he was going to, but God knew the bigger picture and what was going on behind the scenes. God knew he wasn't being honored. I knew staying where I was under the authority of this boss would lead me to do things that I knew God wouldn't want me to do. And thankfully, God took care of all of it. I understand it is tough to know 
what to accept as part of your job and roles, but when it goes against God's word and honoring him above all. I have to stop. I messed up. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know. All right, sorry. All right, let me just keep going. I'll go. I had a boss that embodied everything I didn't want to be or follow. This person hardly worked the hours would constantly point out people's faults in meetings in front of others, would do anything to make themselves look better, even if it meant throwing an employee under the bus. They never encouraged, lifted up, or pushed their employees to grow or be free to use the gifts God has given them. I began to ask myself and God if I was supposed to stay at this job. I wrestled with it a lot, and he gave me answers. Different than when I thought, but God knew the bigger picture and what was going on behind the scenes. God knew he was not being honored. I knew staying where I was under the authority of this boss would lead me to do things I knew God wouldn't want me to do. Thankfully, God took care of it. I understand it is tough to know what to accept as part of your job and roles and when it goes against God's word and honoring him above all that is when we all need to take a step back and pray about what we're supposed to do. Let me give you some examples of what this means for employees and employers. For employees, honor means the same thing to hold your boss in high regard and esteem. Not talking about your boss behind their backs to other employees. Not complaining about your compensation. Not complaining about the lack of work-life balance expectation. Getting your work done within the time frame given to do the work within. Not putting in your best effort. Being part of the solution instead of being part of the problem. Being helpful, unifying, not divisive. Making your boss's job easier. For employers, don't take advantage of your employees. Don't put them down in front of others. Your actions reflect what you expect of them. Not do as I say, not as I do. It is in your workplace that you have the most influence with people outside of your home. Don't make your employees make a choice between their convictions and what you want or what you're demanding of them. Some other areas besides work environments we see this imbalance is in our culture in politics, our leadership structures, and sadly, we see it in the church. The bond of peace and unity of the Spirit is missing when our relationships are not balanced in a healthy way. We all need to take a look at ourselves as children, parents, employees, and employers. A lot of these things aren't as in your face as you might think. A lot of it is hidden expectations under the surface, secret bitternesses, or resentments that periodically show their ugly head through the way you treat or react others. So these are the things that need to be taken care of. Now in closing, I want to ask you a question. What can we do if we know we are not where God wants us today? Being able to apologize, especially as a person in a position of authority, 
to be able to be humble enough to apologize to someone who is under your authority as a boss or child will stick with them for the rest of their lives. Being an example means so much more than handing someone a to-do list or giving them an answer because I said so. It's showing others the right way. Looking at our relationships and being accountable to Jesus, that we are leading from a place that is glorifying him. It's living a life reflective of the values of the kingdom of heaven and of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to even have relationships with each other. I pray right now that you would speak to us as we sit here in prayer. Help us to examine our hearts. If there are relationships as a child or a parent or even as a co uh, an employee or employer, whatever it is, the role of authority, Father, would you speak to us? And then will you give us boldness to go and make it right? Would you help us to keep our eyes fixated on you and our relationships? That we will remember that the bond of peace and unity of the Spirit is because of you. And that's what makes relationships balanced and healthy. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for fathers. We know today is not always an easy day for everyone. So I pray for those who are sitting there who are in pain. And I pray that you meet their needs. And I pray that they would feel their heavenly Father wrapped around them. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We'll see you next week.